Stel voor een nice woord en paarse trimmen. Wie gaat die trimmen? De Gelu writes that the Torah has every item in the Torah. Kom in de Chachma van Hoge. The Torah has everything. Every piece of good advice you can have here is in the Torah. So the Torah is teaching us something about weekly trimmer. So what happens is, if a person is asked for a donation sometimes, he's caught off guard, somebody wants money from him, hmm, it's very hard, it's very, it's a big nesoyan to put your hand in your pocket and give a big donation. Or if you're prepared in advance, and you have money that you already set aside, either for mass or for tzedakah, and if somebody asks you for a donation, and you know that that money is anyway not being used for any personal use, it's much easier to take the money and give it. So he says, that's what the Torah is teaching us. If you separate it in advance, it becomes easier to give it afterwards. So if somebody gives Masr and Aduva and he has it, that when a Uraman or a Gabbat comes to him, it's a, lot, it's a lot easier to give it. Why? Because he already separated it when it was Datum Yeshevis Velibam Nuchan. Right? He had, it, it, nobody was asking for the money yet, so it was easier to set it aside. He wasn't losing it yet. And then it's easier to go to step two and give it. And that's why it's going to be easier afterwards. Call Ishashid Veni Liboy, Tikhis Trimusi, later you'll be able to get from the person that which he already separated in advance. And that's such a wonderful lesson when it comes to anything I'm challenging for a person. When people wait for the last minute when something is challenging already, either because they're challenging themselves, like in this case, giving tzedakah is a challenge, or you want to challenge someone else. But you wait till it's relevant, you wait till it's emotionally challenging, that's when it's very hard to get someone to do something. We see it with children, we see it with adults. And when you're trying to get to do something, try to talk to them about it when it's not relevant. Try to talk to them about it a month earlier. And don't say that you want something yet, just, just discuss the idea. Or have them talk about it and even commit to something before it's relevant. And it becomes so much easier. Uh, and this is something I tell people very often when they talk about communication. And I'm sure people heard it from me in the past in my classes. You have to know when to communicate something. It's not only about how. You know, it's a lot about when. If you communicate something when, when, when people are tense or when, when people feel challenged by the message, it's going gonna, it's gonna to demand something of them right now. You know, you're, you're already limited. Right? If somebody's not in the mood and you want to bring up a topic, as nice as you'll say it, the topic itself is challenging. But if you bring it up in a, a, a calm time when it's not relevant, you're talking about it on Wednesday and it's only relevant really on Friday, so Wednesday it's much easier to talk about it because you know, it's, uh, it's, it's much calmer, the whole, the whole thing, and then you can get things uh, accomplished. So I think that's a, a general idea that's always helpful. And it might be helpful in regard to what we're going to be discussing now as well. So let me read a question, actually two questions. Good morning, I just finished listening to this week's share about a husband coming home late at night. I have a question. I'm now in my first few months of pregnancy. I guess by the time I'm reading this, um, it's a little outdated. I'm really not feeling myself. I am moody, cranky, tired, and always cold. I come home from work, and have to make supper, and care for my one-year-old baby. By the time six o'clock rolls around, I'm exhausted. At that point, I'm usually snuggled up on the couch, the house is a wreck, and my baby roaming around on the floor waiting for somebody, somebody to look at her. My husband doesn't come home until seven. He finishes coil at 6.30, but he likes to schmooze for another few minutes. I'm itching for him to come home and literally count the minutes. He finds it very annoying when I text him where he is or that it's already after 7 and he's still not home. He says he needs time and all he wants to do is wrap up in coil or run to the grocery or whatever. I understand that he feels stifled, but I'm home myself and just not managing. And then he's home for an hour and a half, eats supper, helps out a little, and then goes to learn and to daven, and again I urge him to come home as soon as possible. It's hard for me to be home alone, but it's hard for him to be schlepped home. I understand that he does what is completely normal, and yes, he needs to daven and learn and even just hang out with friends sometimes, but right now it's so hard for me to be home alone. I'm not blaming or putting down my husband in any way. I, just, I'm just, I was just wondering how I can get the help I need when I'm feeling like he has time for himself as well. Do you have any suggestions on how we could deal with this? Thank you so much. Okay, very good question. 
And let me read another another question. Okay, it seems that this is a more a women issue than men because another woman is writing. Thank you for your share about um, men coming home late. It was so validating. I'd like to know if the same advice would be in regard to a husband who simply doesn't have any account- any accountability of time. He doesn't necessarily come home because he's spending time with friends, just because he's not looking at his watch and doesn't realize what time it is. Is the right way to go about it, to ask nicely and, um, and be understanding? Or might this just lead to him saying that he agrees and understands, but later he will just have to come up with more excuses why he's late, and his wife is just going to be angry because of it, because he simply doesn't look at his watch. Thanks in advance. A lot of atzlocha. Okay, I was translating that. So, basically, you have two women writing. Okay, one is writing about a circumstance, because she's, she's pregnant and she's understanding, but it's not easy. And the other one is just writing about her husband who's just not um, looking at his watch and not living with the time. So, there's, there's a few things that I want to mention. Um, and that is, you know, I'll, I'll, start off, I'll start off addressing husbands. Okay, I'll start off address, addressing husbands. If you're a husband... And you think that your wife may have written this, regardless of the details, obviously. But your wife may be thinking, or resentful, um, that you know you're not home, and when when's he coming home already? And why do I have to wait so long? And it takes so and it takes so long, and it's never on time, and all that. Um, you know, so before I get practical to any wife out there who's asking for advice, my, my advice to husband is go home, and I mean it, go home. Now let, let me mention a few things. Of course, a husband needs time at home, a time outside, and he should never feel like he's he's uh, bound, like homebound on the house arrest, that would be terrible. I think this woman is very correctly saying that I understand he needs time to daven learn and even just hang out with friends. You know, not a question. But but on the other hand, some people just have to be told, go home. Go home, you're not a bucha, you got married. You, you have a wife that's waiting for you, you have a house to take care of, you have children. Go home, you belong home. Doesn't mean you belong home all the time, but sometimes people just don't realize that you don't go home when you have nothing else to do. You go home when you're supposed to be home. I'm mentioning it, uh, because it has to be mentioned. I also said a shir once, I'm thinking, I th- it must have been a Parshas B'Shalach, maybe the first year that I was giving these classes, or the second, and we spoke about the Amad Unam that never left Kal Yisrael. And the lesson that I took from it then was, you know, some things you have to be there. You're not even doing anything yet, you're not, you don't, you're not needed at home, you're not, uh, there's nothing to do, but sometimes you have to be home. Sometimes people don't understand, well, why do I have to be home? My wife doesn't need my help anyway, everything's done, why can't I just go out? You, you could go out, and you should go out, sometimes. But there's something about just being home because that's where you belong. And, and, and if it always looks like you're always on your way out and you always um, have what to do outside and you just never have what to do inside and you're only home when there's something technical to take care of and then you're like itching again, like, okay, when can I get out of here? I think I, I did what I had to do already. There's something about that that, that I think is wrong. And, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of responsibility and a certain amount of a relationship, a certain amount of your presence that's always appreciated and always necessary. And some people just don't get it. To tell you the truth, some people just don't get it. They just sit around late at night they, they just don't realize that somebody's waiting for them and rightfully so and I will mention that that not as often not nearly as often but sometimes it's relevant for women as well there are husbands who sit at home and wait for the wife to come home and she's either shopping or sitting by a friend or a neighbor and and, and, and wasting time or whatever it is and yeah you belong home so it's just something to think about okay with that said um, I don't think this is the part that I think you should be sharing with your husband I think this is something that any husband listening to this might want to take seriously on his own but going back to the questioner Okay, I, I hope I'm not going to sound critical in any way or justify the fact that your husband is not taking you seriously if you need his help. I'm saying it clearly, but there's definitely some self-awareness over here. 
Okay, and, and I want to point it out because sometimes people make up stories in their head about how they're not they're being neglected and things aren't good. In this case, I'm reading a letter of somebody who's pretty self-aware. Both self-aware about the fact that you know my husband has a life of his own, and I understand that part, which is wonderful that you understand it. Sometimes you have to teach to people. And this is the self-aware part about realizing that you're, that you're cranky and tired and moody and cold. Okay, now I know that you know, life's situations, it's a, it's, a, it's a bruch, it's a blessing to be pregnant, and it comes with a, it's a package deal, not a question, but just realizing that you might, that you might not be so pleasant to be around. I mean, I spoke about this in the past. If you want someone to be home more, one of the things you want to do is, is make it pleasant for them to be home. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to put up a show, it doesn't mean that you have to, that you're not allowed to um, admit that you're not feeling so great, and you don't always have to be in the best mood because we're only human. But there's still something to think about when you see somebody's not coming home. I, I don't think that in this case the husband's avoiding coming home because you're moody, but I, I definitely think it's something to, to think about. A husband should be committed to a spouse even when she's moody. But there's something about coming home to someone who's smiling, someone who's, who's um, you know, trying to put on a good show. That's first of all. Another thing that I do want to point out before getting technical about getting your husband home on time is that if you're overwhelmed, right, in the first months of pregnancy, you have a one-year-old baby, and you're working, and you're, trying to, and you're trying to prepare supper, and a lot of other things, and you're exhausted. Okay? Now, the simple solution would be, get that husband home this minute. The other way of thinking would be, maybe take it a little easier. Now, some people can't. Sometimes circumstance doesn't let. Sometimes the fact that your husband's in coil means that you have to work, and there's things you have to do, and there are things you have to do. And sometimes, there are things you could make easier for yourself. And I talk about this often. You, you could be a martyr and prepare every night a, a gourmet supper and kill yourself and be resentful and, and be totally exhausted. Or you could take things a little easier and you can make an easier supper and you can be a little easier about the cleaning and maybe get, a, get someone to help you at home for whatever it takes. There are things you might be able to do. I don't know what the options are. I don't know what your circumstances. But there are things that you could do to make it easier. And you know, this is something that I hear often from husbands complaining about wives. I come home and she's exhausted. Why? Because look what she did. She did all these things. I don't need that. Right? We spoke about this. I remember somebody talking about uh, what was going on in the parents' house. Okay? With all that built-up resentment and all the bad memories and all the traumatic um, feelings about how before a yomtiv, his mother would kill herself, literally kill herself, for weeks on end, preparing every last beautiful dish. And then yomtiv, and, and the, whole, the whole preparation of the yomtiv was snapping at everyone and everyone being all nervous and tense. And then yomtiv came around and she was bombed out. She couldn't even participate by the meals. Everyone had to now serve all those gourmet meals she, served, she prepared when she wasn't even by the meal. And, and all grouchy. Why? Because, because we have to have a special dessert for each meal. Now, on the inside, sometimes people don't realize where they're doing the same thing. But sometimes on the outside, you look at it and you say, well, what's this person thinking? Who needs that? Who's appreciating this? So it's just something to think about. Just recently, somebody was telling me about how every Friday night, he comes home to see the Shabbos, and his wife is laying on the couch, and she can't participate, because the whole Friday, she put in a lot of work. Now, of course, he's supposed to be more appreciative about the work she does, and she's probably resentful about the fact that he doesn't even notice what she's doing. But he doesn't want her to do so much. He wants a wife sitting by the table, and participating in the see the Shabbos. And when he says something about it, she gets offended, because how could I sit there? You know what I did today? So this is food for thought for everyone. I'm not talking about... I'm not specifically addressing this question at all. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just mentioning that sometimes if you work yourself to the bone and then you're not pleasant to be around and then you get resentful also because you're exhausted, there are things that you could do on your end um, to, to try to change things just a little bit. Okay. Another thing, another statement, which I think was, you know, it's just something to point out. Uh, again, I keep on mentioning, I hope nobody takes anything I say uh, critical or, or offensive. You're right, I understand that he feels stifled, but I'm home myself and not managing. 
right? Very often it's nice to be understanding of what someone else may be feeling, but sometimes that's not enough. I mean, just imagine if we would turn around the sentence. How about if your husband would write to me, and you know, my husband, te- my wife texts me, she wants me to come home, she wants this, she wants that, and he writes in his letter, I know she's home herself and not managing, but I feel stifled. In other words, sometimes you understand the other person's perspective, but then you have your own, without realizing that it's not a contradiction. You're feeling like this, and he's feeling like that, and you want him to take your feelings more seriously, and, and in the meantime, maybe you should be taking his more seriously. I don't know. All I mean to say is that sometimes people sound you know, very uh, intelligent, and very self-aware. But bottom line, it didn't bring them anywhere. Because you could say that, I know I'm cranky, and I know that he feels stifled, but I want him home. You know, you just have to realize that there might be another, another, another side to this, and just getting resentful about the fact that he's not understanding your feelings. Well, maybe you should feel his, and realize that you know, he does need time to breathe after a long day in coil. He's different, 10, 10 a.m. till 6.30, with a break in the middle. Um, but it comes 6.30, all he needs is just some ear. And to run home, 6.30, to be home uh, a quarter to seven already, and start helping out with the kids and everything without coming up for ear and, and having time to talk to a friend if he's learning diligently you know, that also might be something that's um, emotionally draining right so aside from feeling stifled he may also be a little exhausted after a day in college. I'm just mentioning it especially if it's after a day at work so with all that said okay, I tried to balance it out just a little bit about husbands understanding that they do belong home and they shouldn't wait till the wife pulls them home and wives should be more understanding of what it is that attracts a husband home and sometimes how they could take care of their own issues without just over, without, without just um, piling it on to someone else, right? Either by taking things easier, or or just just not uh, working themselves to the bone like that. Uh, with all that said, let, let me let me try to let me try to sum it up in, in four points that I think might be helpful. And I think these four points are helpful about anything, not only about this topic about getting a husband home. Okay, the first thing, and I'm summing up some practical ideas, but I think some of it I mentioned already. The first thing is to be reasonable and understanding. Okay, you want to be reasonable and understanding. You want to know who you're dealing with. You want to know what situation you're dealing with. You want to be reasonable. Very often people get into this emotional workup and because they're feeling so emotional about it, it becomes so, the issue becomes so big and so intense and so unmanageable and all that. And they don't realize, you know, calm down, chill out, and, and let's try to help what's going on. Be reasonable, right? Be, be understanding of who you're dealing with. Right? Even the qu- second question, your husband just doesn't look at his clock and he's just all over the place and, and he, he's not uh, timely. And If that's what he is, then trying to get him, trying to assume that you're going to get him to be a very timely person. Instead of making peace with the fact that, okay, he's not very on time. Let's see what I could work with, but let me not be so upset at him because that's who he is. That's his nature. Or let me understand the circumstance. He's in coil, he's he put in a full day, and it, it's, it's only reasonable to give him that certain amount of leeway. There are certain things you have to be reasonable about and understanding about. And when people are just understanding about how they feel, and they look at the other person like, you know, you should be taking me more seriously, it, co- it just causes you to be upset. Not, not that. It causes you to be upset when you don't know how to accept and deal with, the, with, with, with reality. So that's the first thing you want to do, just be reasonable. Because some things just don't change. When we, I spoke about this recently about chinuch. You know, there are things that, with children, they change on their own. There are things that only change when you teach them. And there are things that don't change. Sometimes you have to accept the child's personality, because it's not changing. So you can either eat yourself up, or you could accept it. So same thing with a husband. Same thing with a schedule. How often people, people that, that have time management problems, they try to squeeze everything into, into a day, assuming, okay, I'll finish at 1, I'll be, I'll be in Canarsie by 1.15, I'll make the phone call. It doesn't work, you have to be reasonable and, and realize what, what, really, what really is going to happen. And, and like I said, understand his needs, and don't make, don't make your husband feel bad for being normal, or for not uh, being more the way you'd want him to be. All that is just part of the first step of being understanding and reasonable. Be reasonable. The second thing, and this, like I said, it's about everything. Being understanding and reasonable is about everything you want from someone. 
start off being understanding of the person and be reasonable what to expect. Number two, be nice. Be nice. Be nice means that when you do bring it up, and you should bring it up, you should bring it up. You want something from someone, you should bring it up. You should be assertive. You shouldn't just, you know, you shouldn't just swallow and, and get resentment. You should bring it up, but bring it up in a nice way. There's a way to bring something up. You can make someone feel bad about the fact that they're not um, doing what you feel they should be doing and not making you happy and not uh, fulfilling your needs or not being a good husband. Or you can ask nicely. Now, sometimes people think, well, if I ask too nicely, he might think it's normal. I know. But it's still, it's still nice to ask nicely. You should ask nicely. If you ask nicely um, and be pleasant about, about asking, that's, that's always going to help you. Part of asking nicely is knowing when to ask, like we started off with. Don't talk about it. Don't, don't 7 o'clock start texting someone and say, where are you, where are you, where are you? Talk about it in the morning. Talk about it Friday afternoon. Talk about it Master Shabbos. When it's not relevant. And when you bring it up, ask nicely. And there's so much about you being nice that helps someone accommodate your needs and take you seriously. So be nice about it. Be nice. And be pleasant. You, you, don't, want, you, don't, want, you don't want to be the reason. Like I mentioned, you don't want to be the reason that somebody stays away. It's a very sensitive topic, but I, I did hear people recently, just recently alone, I'm thinking about two people now, that came to me recently, and they told me clearly, I stay away, I stay away from my wife, it's not pleasant to be around her. Now, is it nice? No. Is it good advice that if your wife is uh, grouchy, you should stay away? No, not necessarily. But if you're the wife, and you want someone to be around you more often, be pleasant, be nice. So aside from asking nicely for someone to come, try to be nice, try to be pleasant. I, I know it's not easy. I know that when you're grouchy, you're grouchy, but, but try Another part of being nice is being appreciative. If somebody does come home earlier, even if it was only five minutes earlier, it wasn't a half hour earlier the way you wanted, somebody's putting in some effort, be appreciative. Be appreciative in advance. Tell someone it would mean so much to me if you could do this for me. And I'll really appreciate it if you do. Don't make it sound like it's a given. Now, very many people have an issue with that. Well, I have to say thank you. And my answer always is you don't have to. It might just get you where you want to be, where you want to get. It might, it might bring you the results you want if you're appreciative. But it's normal. So, it's normal. so don't say thank you. Don't say thank you. Don't be an appreciative person. There are some people that are always appreciating and saying thank you for every little thing, even when it's a given. And they tell their wife or husband, thank you for whatever it is, that, uh, just for bringing home a paycheck or for doing the laundry. And there are some people that never say thank you. And, and you know, saying thank you just works to your benefit. It makes you, it makes you a, a better person. It makes people want to take you seriously and be nice to you. And one more thing I want to mention, that's part of being nice. Okay? Be nice even when somebody doesn't do what you want. So often people fall into that rut of, well, I asked you to do this, you didn't do it for me, so now I'm allowed to be a grouch. Again, you're allowed. It's not going to help your relationship. If someone's not accommodating you and he's coming home late, I'm not talking about he's coming home five hours late and this is totally abusive and, and neglectful. Talking about somebody is not doing what you want. You want to do something somebody is not taking you seriously. Your wife is not preparing the supper you want. Still be nice. Is that going to get you the supper you want? I don't know. It might. But even if it doesn't, be nice. Just be a nice person. Some people have this, this um, justification for being nasty because you didn't do what I want. I'm not going to go into if somebody has to do what you want or not. But be nice. Being nice means that you... Ask nicely when you want something. You're a nice person to be around. You appreciate when someone does something for you. And you're nice even when someone doesn't do something you want. At least the next thing they'll do for you because you're a nice person. So this is something, you know, people don't realize that, that they, 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 everything, everything starts snowballing. If it's an issue, keep it isolated and work on it or discuss it or give up on it and accept it or do something about it. But don't let it um, take over your whole relationship and start um, generalizing that we don't get along, you don't take me seriously and you don't like me and you must not care for me. I mean, when people do that, that's, that's a big problem. Now, Aside from being nice, let me go the other way. And that is you should be assertive and persistent. If you want something, you should say it. Now, not in the name of being nice, should you not say what you want. Um, you, should, you should say it, and you have to say it. So let me say what I mean when I say you have to say it. How often do people say, I have to ask? You don't know? 
I already mentioned it once. Isn't it a given? Doesn't, didn't they teach you that? You want something, say it. Don't wait for someone to read your mind and don't read someone else's mind. Communicate. If you don't communicate, why are you getting resentful? Say it. If you want something, say it. And, 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 you know, and, and be clear about it. You want it? Say, this is what I want. Sometimes people don't know how to say things. And sometimes when somebody asks you, you want, do you want me to come home early? Oh, it's okay. Do what you want. It's okay. And, and then you don't get it and you're upset. It's not, it, not only don't, don't people know how to say things, but even when somebody asks, oh, do you need me to come home early today? No, it's fine. Come home. Your wife is sulking. She's not talking. What's now? Because you came home late. But I asked you if I should come. I have to tell you. If you want something, say it. If you want something from your husband, you want something from your wife, say it. Communication. Be assertive. Be clear. Don't, don't say... Tell you, if you can come home early and say, Mama, it's not a problem, then yeah, but otherwise... Say, I'd love for you to come home early. Say the words, I'd appreciate if you could do this for me. Nothing's going to happen. You don't become a, a loser or a taker or a bad uh, spouse by asking someone to do something for you. People actually appreciate being told what to do that. Like this, they, know, they, they know that you're going to be... They know, they know you'll be happy that they gave you something. Another thing, if you ask for something and it wasn't taken seriously, feel free to say it again. As long as you're nice about it the second time again, feel free to say it again. I know you're busy. I know it's not easy. I mentioned, you know, I'd like for you to come early. It would really mean a lot to me if you could do it. The fact that it doesn't happen right away doesn't mean you should give up on it and, and, and you know, get, into your, get into your hole of self-pity and, and resentment. And if you do ask someone for something and they do do it and slowly it falls back, feel free to say it again. Here's where people get so into this thing about, I said it already and I don't want that every time the same thing happens, if every time the same thing happens, then keep on mentioning it. If it only helps for a week, then keep mentioning it once a week. What's the big deal? Say thank you that it was taken seriously in the past. Talk about the future. And, and, and don't give it to someone over his head because he, because he slowly fell back on something. So that's all about being assertive and persistent. Okay? The last thing I want to say, and this might be a little sensitive, is don't cover for him. And I don't mean that for him. Again, I keep on mentioning, it's not only about husbands, not only about wives, not only about anyone. When somebody comes home late, right? how often is the reason for the resentment not just because he's coming home late? Is because because of his coming home late, I couldn't bathe my baby because I'm waiting to give him supper, right? Or I had to wait, I had to wait around till he came so that I can go with him somewhere. Or because of the, how often do we find that part of the resentment is because you're busy dancing around someone else's lateness and covering for them, right? You don't want to clean up because then when he comes home, it's gonna make a mess again. Why? If somebody comes home and it's causing a problem, you can be very clear in a very nice way about the fact that listen, I understand you want to come home late. Sometimes that means that I'm, I'm left with the baby and the baby's very tired. I hope you're not going to mind if I'm going to bathe the baby. And if you come home after 7.15, at a reasonable amount of time, like we mentioned the first thing, be reasonable, um, I might be busy with the baby. And you could either take supper yourself, or I could leave it for you on the counter, or you could wait till I'm finished. Now, don't say that as a threat. Don't say it in a nasty tone. Just matter-of-factly, maybe you'll feel less resentful when you, when you stop dancing around someone else's lateness. So if you want to go to a simchan, it means a lot to you, and you want to be there by 8 o'clock, and your husband... Uh, tends to come home an hour late. Instead of being resentful about, oh, again I'm going to come late, and again my mother's asking me where I was, and again, say, listen, I'd love to go with you. If you could be home by 10 to 8, it'll be my pleasure, and I'll wait around. And if for whatever reason you can't, I understand. I'd love if you could, but I understand. And I hope you don't mind that I'll go myself. You can go yourself. What's the big deal? As long as it's not said in a threatening way, nobody's upset about it, and you can even ask nicely, do you mind if I go myself? I really appreciate if you're okay with that. There's only things that could be resolved like this and take the edge off a lot of this resentment that, that builds up when people are busy running their schedules on someone else's uh, apathetic attitude of, I don't care that you're waiting, I don't care that, that you want to be early, I don't care that, it, that it's uh, you know, turning your schedule upside down. So those are some, some points that I wanted to mention. And like I said, these are, these are, 
These are good communication ideas that will help you in many situations, not only about coming late, same thing with finances, same thing about anything, same thing about, same thing about so many other things. Know how to be reasonable understanding, know how to be nice about it, know how to be persistent, and know how to not let it take you over and stop covering for someone else's um, deficiencies, let's call it. I do want to mention one more thing, and that's based on the letter writer's circumstance. There are exceptional situations, whether it's pregnancy or whether it's something exceptional, something out of the ordinary, someone's not feeling well. A few things I want to mention. First of all, make sure that the exceptional ones are exceptions. I've seen people who turn exceptional excuses into daily excuses. I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling well. Husbands and wives don't like to hear every day, I'm not feeling well. So you have to just realize that. Now, if something is exceptional, clarify, this is exceptional. Okay, this is, this is out of the ordinary. I'm usually okay with this, and I understand that this is what's normal, and I'd appreciate if for the time being, when we're dealing with this, or we're dealing with that, or because the kids are out of school, or because this one's not feeling well, if we could do things a little differently. When somebody knows that what you're asking for is an exception to the rule, and not something that you expect will start becoming a given, they might also take you more seriously. And you can be appreciative about that too, even if you're not feeling well. I heard many people uh, complain to me about the fact that, you know, this um, certain situation brought about uh, that since then I started doing this because I wanted to be a nice guy, and ever since then that's became normal. So here I am, my wife didn't feel a one of Shabbos, she asked me to make the, 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 the chant and the kugel or whatever it was, and since then I'm the, I became the cook. You want to make sure that the reason why somebody is not taking you seriously is, because, is not because they're afraid that it's going to start becoming their responsibility. That's just another thing to mention, that if something is exceptional, uh, you can be very clear about the fact that you understand it's an exception. You can be more assertive about the fact that, listen, I do need more help these days. And be clear about the fact that you're only asking about this because there's an exception to what's going on. So I hope that I clarified some advice over here, and I think that all this is relevant, even if you're dealing with somebody who's just a, 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 you know, a latecomer, like I said, you have to be understanding of it, you want to be reasonable about it, you don't want to eat yourself up over it, you don't want to try to change someone, but you can definitely clarify and communicate in a way that makes it easier for people, easier for people to take you seriously. And just like the Chidu taught us, you want to talk about it when it's easier, you want to talk about it how it's easier, in a way that it's easier, you want to make it the easiest for someone to take you seriously. And if you're appreciative, it just makes people want to do more for you. And I was just for the right amount of communication, with the right amount of uh, skills and ideas, we can definitely come a long way, definitely take each other seriously and live together. Mahavach, Shalom, Arayas.